0: According to my Nava computer the... Shut up! Just shut up, you idiot! Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic! I'm lost, Andy is gone, they're going to move from their house in two days and it's all your fault! My, my fault? If you hadn't pushed me out of the window in the first place... Oh, yeah. Well, if you hadn't shown up your stupid little cardboard spaceship and taken away everything that was important to me... Don't talk to me about importance, because of you, the security of this entire universe is in jeopardy. What? What are you talking about? right now, poised at the edge of the galaxy. Emperor Zerg has been secretly building a weapon with the destructive capacity to annihilate an entire planet. I alone have information that reveals this weapon's only weakness. And you, my friend, are responsible for delaying my rendezvous with Star Command. You are a toy! You weren't the real Buzz Lightyear. You're an action figure. You are a child's plaything. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Farewell. That was Woody, Tom Hanks, trying to convince Buzz Lightyear, Tim Allen, that he is not an intergalactic peacekeeper, but a children's toy, lost in the big wide world, in 1995's animated classic, Toy Story.
1: This week, a different toy is back in town, as we review Greta Gerwig's kitschy social commentary, Barbie. We don't know what we're doing, we're just
0: talking about films, and films are better than people. I'm Lawrence, and I'm Sam. I think you've had enough tea for today, let's get you out of here, Buzz. Don't you get it? You see the hat? I am Mrs. Nesbitt. Snap <laughs> out of it, Buzz!
1: I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, you're right, I am just a little depressed, that's all. I, I, I can get through this.
0: So, uh, this week we watched Barbie, uh, which is at cinemas right now.
1: A little film called Barbie. A little film called Barbie, you may have heard of it. Sam's going to tell you the plot. Dozens and dozens of Barbies and Kens live in Barbie land, where everything is perfect. All the different iterations of Barbie, such as President Barbie, Reporter Barbie, Dr. Barbie, etc., etc., run the world, and the Kens just stand around looking good. However, when stereotypical Barbie, played by Margot Robbie... Starts to have feelings of depression and anxiety. She has to go into the real world to confront these new emotions and find her true identity. Or, as a haiku, pink matriarchy
0: disturbed by harsh real world. Gender or kender? Ah, nice, yeah. It's the first Ken pun of the podcast. Can there be more? (laughs) You better can can believe it. That uh, no, ruined
1: it already. Yeah, maybe we should stop there.
0: No, let's not stop the puns. Come on, it's a it's good. It's a good run for puns.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and uh, that was that was yeah that was that was a good first one to start off with in that <laughs> um, in that haiku. Um,
0: yeah, I well I I mean I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Ken yep. in the haiku. He's a pretty dominant. He's pretty. He is just pretty. He's pretty that, yeah, that, yeah. that is true. And he is a pretty uh, notable
1: character in, in in the film, even though the film is all about Barbie. so And uh, and I think you'll be able to hear a clip of Ken coming up next.
0: Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight?
1: Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke
0: song. You should stop by.
1: You can find me under the light. best day ever it is the best day
0: ever so is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever you guys ever think about dying what do i have to do you have to go to the real world
1: you can go back to your regular life or you can know the truth about the universe the choice is now yours the first one the high heel you have to want to know okay do it again
0: so we're back, and we're back in not in black, we're back in pink. Back reviewing this, as you said, very small movie named Barbie. And it, I mean, I'd be remiss before we get into the actual film, be remiss not to mention that it's like everywhere. I think that's almost one of the most fascinating things about it is the way that it's completely captured people's imaginations and uh, obsessions. I mean, the, the posters came out, people got obsessed, mainly with Ken as well mm. but behind the scenes footage was like picked apart i went out to dinner recently yeah with my girlfriend and a couple of her friends and on the way there was a poster and then my, my girlfriend's side wanted to talk about it and then we were talking about like our halloween costumes how we want to go is like gender reverse barbie and ken this year which should be fun and then we got there and then the person we were meeting she said I'm so obsessed with going to see Barbie I was like that's weird we were talking about Barbie on the way over here and she was like yeah everything's sold out and then our other ha- housemate turned up and he was like sorry I'm late I've been to Primark and I've bought all this Barbie merchandise it's like it's a movement it's an absolute movement i can't just, I'm walking past pop-up shops about it like i even went on IMDb to get data on it to talk about it today the whole IMDb page is pink i was at work earlier this week, someone was playing Candy Crush, and she was like, what's all these bees?" And I was like, it's a Barbie crossover. Candy Crush has been Barbified. It's mad.
1: Yeah, I think it's been one of the most heavily marketed films of all time. And I don't think that's an over-exaggeration. No, I don't think so. I think Mattel, which makes Barbie, has done so many merchandising agreements with so many different companies, you know, just to push this film out but it's worked I think it's going to make a lot of money but in terms of the film itself uh, what did you what did you think
0: I don't think Barbie hits on everything for me I don't think it completely works for out for me but I think it's quite an, an astounding like bold work and it's a strange box to put politics in but it's one of the most brilliant and thoughtful feminist films I've ever seen. And I love the message in it. It's really reclaiming Barbie as a symbol of women being able to be anyone they want. And manages to cover so much about feminism. And they yet at the same time have this incredible design and this kitschy, like, silly sense of humour that doesn't work all the time. But most of the time is like, really pitch perfect. And it creates this really unique, big film that is kind of unlike anything you're going to see. I don't think this film is aimed at me, and I don't think it should be aimed at me, and I think we'll get into that in a bit, but it's really a -a one-of-a-kind work with a a really important feminist message at the centre of it that I really believe in. So, I mean, on that level, it just works
1: so, so well. Yeah, I think it's interesting about the kitchen silly humour, because if you'd watched the trailer, or the multiple trailers for it, It does seem like a bit of a camp comedy, which is kind of just light, breezy, and it's just going to make loads of self-referential jokes about Barbie and and Mattel itself. Um, But actually, I think the reason why those jokes become a bit diluted as the film goes on is because, yeah, there is this political and philosophical message that competes with it, which I think is actually quite healthy. Yeah, I think they cover
0: everything about it. The boxes, broadly, that women have to be pushed into by society. And not
1: the doll boxes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> no. You have to be clear about that. No, I'm talking about metaphorical boxes yeah. here. So um, met- metaphorical boxes. Metaphorical boxes right. they have to go into, uh, like mother, s- secretary, wife, girlfriend, just not being taken seriously, the glass ceiling, mental health. I mean, objectification is so perfectly expressed in this movie. I think that's one of my favourite bits, when Barbie and Ken are, like, skating down Malibu Beach and they're all being, like, looked at by different people and Ken's loving it and Barbie hates it and says, there's really an undertone of violence to the way that that everyone's looking at me and Ken's like, that's not what's happening to me! And like, it's such a funny way to tackle those ideas And yet you don't feel like any of those ideas are really being diluted. It's all there and it's really rich and interesting.
1: I think it was just a massive relief for me when it got so heavy into these ideas of feminism and existentialism. Yeah. Because that was my fear going into this film. That actually there'd be a couple of quick nods to those sorts of ideas or those sorts of principles. But actually, they were more interested in just getting people into the cinema to watch this silly, throwaway comedy. Maybe I was a bit naive. I mean, it's a Greta Gerwig film. Who's yeah. obviously done loads. Like She's already directed a couple of really smart films in, in Lady Bird and Little Women. That are about women. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I probably should have been aware that it's obviously going to be a lot more intelligent than it led on. But yeah, I guess I was a bit worried with This film being so huge that those really good ideas will get lost as the the film went on. But if anything, they got stronger.
0: They did. And, And I think as it went on, it wasn't just articulating some basic idea about women are equal to men. It's about the real struggles that women face all the time and the brick walls they hit and the frustrations and also the joys of being a woman and this idea of the patriarchy that they keep coming back to. And there's a really funny satire of of men and toxic masculine culture, which is perfectly embodied, where Ken becomes absorbed by a patriarchy. I felt particularly attacked when they started talking about men lecturing women on The Godfather for several hours, like, or movies in, in general. Like, I'm sh- I'm sure that any woman I've talked to would tell you that I definitely d- I definitely do that all the time. You're not but lecturing, you're teaching I'm them. I'm teaching them. They're tiny brains. No, they're, 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 it was really funny because it was such a great roast of behaviors that i think we all have as men or certainly encounter as men and i and the minor
1: aggressions the
0: the minor aggressions and that yeah and or microaggressions i don't know how you maybe you describe us but these things that men do big and small or certainly things that embody the patriarchy that affect people but like obviously i couldn't resist going into like the dark side of the internet. And seeing,
1: do we want to go down? This
0: <laughs> I watched uh, Ben Shapiro released a, a
1: review today, oh, no. which is particularly we, uh, hilarious. Do we have to, mention d- we this don't movie? have to. All right, d- I'm sorry, but as a quick reference, who is it? Can you <laughs> can you, you summarise this in less than 20 seconds?
0: Oh, Ben Shapiro is a conservative commentator from the United States who believes that anything progressive or left wing on any level, or acknowledging that any minority or women ever have to struggle is completely wrong and that actually we all live in a perfectly equal society and everyone needs to stop complaining and start working harder you know which is absolute bollocks so he's got the take on the film a lot of people say it's man hating Right, but it but it isn't at all. It's it that's completely missing the point of the film and Ken's journey as well, which is it sounds absolutely constantly. What's funny about this film is like talking about the politics and referencing a Ken doll and a journey through to self actualisation. It just feels ridiculous,
1: especially because most of Ryan Gosling's performance is really outlandish. Yeah, <laughs> and like and yeah, and very camp and just very over the top. Some of his line deliveries. He's actually he's really expertly done. Yeah. Actually you can only be like a good comedic actor uh, to do what he does.
0: And he's so- wonderful on that. And I do want to comment on him. But just to say that his journey... It's clear that the victims of the patriarchy are women. But it also hurts men. It doesn't let men be themselves. It doesn't really give any of the Ken's
1: agency. It gives them less agency than before. Yeah. When they were kind of pretty submissive under the Barbies.
0: Yeah, and that's what's really an interesting take on it that I hadn't really seen before. But I think this patriarchy traps them as well. I mean, obviously, women are the, the victims in a patriarchy. And obviously, there are lots of men that hold the power. But actually, yeah, Ken Ken doesn't get anything out of it and actually just needs to find his own identity, his own freedom and emancipation from these horrible expectations as well there are going to be a lot of hot takes on this there's a lot of politics in it and there's going to be a lot of people arguing on the the right and the left about some like woke barbie thing what's great about it is it's so rich and complicated there's so many different angles that you can take it from and i think that i already hear conservative voices simplifying it and especially as a cisgendered man i feel like there's a lot of messages in there that I really felt like I needed to hear, and ideas in there that I needed to hear, even if sometimes they were hard to hear. But I think it's such an amazing, like, treatise on on feminism and the patriarchy that really needed to be said, and I think that, would, that was really, really great.
1: Yeah, and actually, it's just so great that Greta Gerwig had such autonomy on this project, and... She wrote it with Noah Baumbach. The, the fact that she's able to take hits at Mattel itself, yeah, you know, yeah. I think, is, is really, really funny. There was a funny instant where the head of Mattel read the script, and there's a moment in it where Barbie goes to a school, um, and there's a kind of a teenager that absolutely rips the idea of Barbie apart and calls it a fascist. And the head of Mattel fr- flew to England to confront uh, Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig about this. Uh, about this scene, he said it shouldn't be in the film. But then when they explained to him like how it would work and how it would operate and the, kind of the, the mechanics of the scene, he was okay with it in the end. Wow. And actually, it's, a, it's not a great barometer when you walk out of a cinema and hear a few different views, but when I watched this and walked out, there were lots and lots of people, dressed in pink obviously, yeah. who loved it. And it is maybe a little bit longer than people were expecting but they still find it funny and and they seem to be like really really enjoying it even though actually i think it's a lot heavier and uh, as you say much more complex and rich than the trailers showed it to be it's
0: true i th- yeah i i think people are going to respond really positively to this i do think it's laid on quite thick i think barbie gets away with it and i love the message but it almost verges on a saturday night live sketch or one of those video essays that's got narrative like attached to it, how they keep having the message sort of just jut out of it. But then I don't know, that's also kind of the point of it, that it's so in your face that it's this big loud story
1: about what it is to be a woman. And it's very humanist as well. It's kind of people yeah. trying to find this this idea of like their self worth and their self identity. Yeah. That's what the Kens are trying to do. That's what the Barbie's trying to do. Yeah. And I've, so, yeah, it's obviously we've talked about the idea of the patriarchy is really well examined, but also about what it is to be human. What maybe
0: is- and maybe that's what conservatives also miss—that maybe it is a film about being human as much as it is a film about being feminist as well. Only they could see it from that angle. But you know, they've got strange testosterone pills to sell, I guess. What is happening? Why have you
1: have you spent too much time on <laughs> Twitter today? Why are you suddenly coming out for the <laughs> conservatives and the keyboard warriors?
0: Well, it's just always going to be a factor. Alright, I promise I'll log out of Twitter... And YouTube, once we've stick finished... To the talking. film. Stick to, stick, stick, to, stick, stick to the film. Right, stick to the film. Stick to the film. Stick to the film. The sense of humour in it, as well, that we touch on, it's very meta and very kitchen campy, just like the design of the film as well, which is beautiful as well. And, and I think sometimes it works, and sometimes it's maybe a little too smug, like the fascist joke that you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's really funny. Anything with Ken is great. But things like the dry heaving, or when her feet go flat, I just don't think work. The Margot Robbie joke towards the end, like,
1: it just feels a bit too much. Even Kent's musical number, I felt, was yeah. maybe a bit superfluous. I mean, yeah, it was I kind of know. funny, you know, building on his his kind of comedy shtick. But, yeah, I, I just... At that point, I just found, well, wow, this is so, so bizarre. But, I mean, Gerwig's described the film as being anarchic, unhinged, really, really chaotic. That's what's maybe one of the the things that will take away from the film, the fact that it is so anarchic and all over the place. But underpinning it is these really interesting political ideas. I just wish it wasn't quite as all over the place. I I, I, I think at certain
0: points. I don't think it's a
1: perfect
0: film. There's this wonderful message and so many things are really bold and ambitious. The kind of things you're not going to see anywhere else. But it's, it's also maybe at certain
1: times goes off in angles that just don't really work.
0: Even when it's trying to be
1: bold. Yeah, it's definitely not a perfect comedy. I mean, Will Ferrell plays the head of Metal. That in was the, in one thing film. that really
0: didn't work. Like, I, I, I think they they had those characters that was a good idea and then they didn't know what to do with them after that. He was really mixed up. I didn't know if it was meant to be a representation of capitalism or uh, corporations trying to do a right thing but also screwing it up and being part of the problem. But it really wasn't clear and, it didn't, and they didn't make the best use of that.
1: Yeah, maybe one of those ideas. And there are a few of them in the film where perhaps aren't quite well constructed. And I and definitely felt Will Ferrell's character got in the way a little bit.
0: I mean, let's talk about Ken. I mean, Ryan Gosling's Ken, I, I think, does really steal the show. He's someone that, I, like a lot of people, got obsessed with and run up to it. I, Gosling is a, is an interesting guy because I think he, he's had a lot of successes and and several really iconic roles. His range has always been kind of in question. You know, is he just very good at being stoic or having a really good poker face? Or can he really do something special? The funny thing is, is that Barbie almost shows like a completely different side of him. This shows that sense of humour. He's described it as the role he was born to play. (laughs) And he absolutely is. He's like this perfect himbo, this foolish beautiful and just adorable cinnamon roll for most a chunk of the film anyway so sweet and naive and everything else and he's just a joy to watch every ridiculous situation every scream and laugh and and
1: cry and pose and and stupid thing that comes out of his mouth it's just perfect yeah he does silent and brooding very well but he also does pathetic really well Ryan Gosling (laughs) and yeah I think from time to time he needs to do one of these comedic roles it's almost in his system he's played well he didn't play a similar role but he did a a comedic turn in The Nice Guys which was a buddy buddy comedy he made with Russell Crowe and that is kind of against the type of role that he had been playing which was more silent and brooding so Yeah. yeah hopefully we get another one of these comedic turns later down the line in his career I'm sure people will be booking him in for it after this like it's quite special. And Molly Robbie as well. Like, I She's think, great. Yeah, she's so good. She's such a good actor. The execution, the line delivery, the self-awareness. She's so smart. Such a great actor. And always really exciting to see what she does. I mean, hopefully, obviously, she's been in a lot of big blockbusters recently. A lot of expensive films. So hopefully she goes back to do something a little bit more more independent, more and more now she's working with the type of filmmakers that actors aspire to work with, like Quentin Tarantino or Wes Anderson. So hopefully she gets to work with another author like that, or hopefully another film with Greta Gerwig. I'm sure they'll work together. This is, sounds like it's been a great
0: success. Apparently on set she had these pink days where everyone on the set had to wear pink, and if you didn't wear pink, you had to give a donation to charity. She was producing this as well, and I think she really understood the sense of fun that would come into this as well as there being like a serious message and she just can hit all the right notes she is so funny and over the top and silly and yet also emotional and affecting and she, she communicates that so well
1: There's a really great scene where Barbie's on a bench and she tells an old woman that she's beautiful. Yeah. And the old woman says, I know it, or I feel it, or I wasn't quite sure of the line. And you really get this sense of this woman in her older age, but she has that self-worth that Barbie really, really craves. It's a a really nice scene. And actually, it's one that Gerwig had to fight a little bit to keep in the film. Because it doesn't really... Developed the story very much. She was advised at one point, okay, maybe you can take this out, and and Gerwig said, you know, th- no, this is the the film for me. This is one of the the best scenes, and it's a testament to the the strength of Margot Robbie's acting, but also the fact that Greta Gerwig wanted to keep that scene in the film. Yeah, I think just represents a lot about her as a filmmaker.
0: Also, coming out of this, I was acutely aware that the film isn't for me, and I I actually had a few reviews where male reviewers use this phrase like the film's not for me, but. I think it's true and worth noting and it's like I'm a straight cisgendered male but that's good that it's not for me not everything should be for me I want there to be films by women for women and about women and this is one of the purest forms of that I've ever seen which is so I can't get over how ridiculous it is a Barbie film and I'm saying that sentence but it's true I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that women will be more likely to connect with this than I will because it's about women in the same way that Black Panther is about black people and this is a film that works on a level that I understand but I can't really experience in the the same way that women can but I'd love to see it because I want to see women on cinema this way I mean I think that Barbie works on just so many levels I think it's a bold work mostly like, like it's a powerful feminist treatise like wrapped up in something really fun and camp and kitschy and silly and it's filled with great performances and a sense of humour I think it does layer on thick and not everything lands and that does occasionally become irritating and, and I don't think it's going to be one of my favourite films of the year but it's one of the most unique big films you're going to see all year and is a really special experience and maybe it's not perfect but it's worth a shot and I think most people we'll get something out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a huge relief to me that this film wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I was really pleased that actually it's a film that starts off as a goofy comedy and it becomes a bit of an amalgamation of a goofy comedy and and something of a political and philosophical treatise, as you said. But yeah, overall, I think even though it's going to make a lot of money. Critically as well, it'll it'll do pretty well because yeah. it just feels like a really expensive film that has been bold and has been independent. And that probably comes from Greta Gerwig herself, really. The fact she's made smaller films, the fact she's been involved with smaller films it does still feel that it has that independent and alternative heart to it. And it's really great when you see independent filmmakers go and make these really, really big, expensive films and they don't lose their soul. Really good performances by Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling and the and the supporting cast. Maybe not so Will Ferrell, but... We've kind of, we discussed that <laughs> yeah. a little bit. And, and yeah, I, th- I think it really works as a, as a big commercial summer film. I really hope it stands the test of time. You know, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this in six months or yeah. whether if I watched it again, it wouldn't have the same impact. And to be honest, I only saw this film today. So maybe it will resonate with me differently tomorrow. Uh, so I don't know. But my overwhelming impression was that it's positive, it's smart. It's definitely worth seeing, and millions and millions of people are going to see it. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Warner yeah. Brothers aren't nervous about that, uh, and and yeah, I'd um, I'd really recommend it to people, even if you were on the fence about it, and even if you're a fan of the patriarchy, go see it. <laughs> Humans only have one ending. Get that Barbie. Ideas
0: live forever so if you like this then i'm going to say watch enchanted from 2007 it's got that same subversive story maybe not in a character but certainly in a brand this brand is disney and it's complete with himbos and dimension crossing silliness it's the story of giselle played by amy adams who is a beautiful princess in a magical kingdom who just wants to marry the handsome prince edward played by james marsden but a wicked witch wants to destroy her by sending her to New York City, uh, our New York City. There, Giselle must contend with public transport, grumpy locals that don't like singing, and the cynicism of the modern world. Their world and our world. I think she may be a real princess. Are about to collide. All right, everyone, let's tidy things up. <laughs> How does she know? Don't sing. It's okay. You know, let's just walk. Barbies a hard one to pin down for for if you like this in in some ways. But
1: yeah. and this or we just haven't seen enough of the films that it's like Yeah, we we we
0: discussed this. Uh I you yeah, I feel like I need to maybe
1: uh, Legally Blonde is a is a bad omission. Yeah, it's maybe. I, I
0: feel like there's a lot of movies coming out of Barbie that now I want to like finally tick off the list. And maybe Legally Blonde is one of them. I mean, Enchanted doesn't have the politics of Barbie. In fact, arguably, there's a sort of reversal here. In that although it's making fun of fairy tales and Disney movies, ultimately, it's about bringing a little bit of magic into the real world which is very different from arguing about inequality and gender roles but it does have a really great screen filling uh, leading lady like margot robbie in the f- in the form of amy adams who's playing a kind of fairy tale version of a bimbo and then you've also got a fairy tale version of a himbo in marsden's prince edward I think there's a certain generation younger than us for which this might be part of a kind of canon of films they grew up on. And in that way, it's a subversive movie for all ages in the same way that Barbie is. I enjoy particularly the creatures becoming Giselle's helpers, a la Cinderella, but they're doing gross tasks rather than baking a pie. They're scrubbing a toilet and they're rats and pigeons and singing cockroaches. And I think that's really funny. It hasn't really stuck in my head... Until this point, if I'm honest. But I think if you want a bit of the the campness and the kitschness of Barbie, it's a really good fairy tale to open up again, even though the feminist soul of Barbie isn't there.
1: And there was a sequel released last year as well.
0: Oh uh, yeah, another one I didn't see. I don't think that's going to be one of the f- ones I rushed to see post-Barbie somehow. I didn't really hear anyone talk about it. But then for so many weird Disney sequels and remakes that get released now that everyone sort of just stops talking about. I don't think it's too much to worry about.
1: Yeah, I think In China it is a good companion piece. It felt like a time like one of these fairly kind of postmodern Disney films where they were willing to kind of take the piss out of themselves a little bit and yeah. take a bit of the you know. Definitely. Were...
0: It was one of the early ones doing that.
1: Yeah, and but but you're right. It's good to know Amy Adams's performance because actually I think there is similarities between her style and Margot Robbie's Definitely. in these in these films. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely that uh, that link to the two, and yeah, this kind of idea of living in this complete perfect habitat, and then having to go to the real world yeah. and finding out yeah things aren't as good as they seem.
0: I don't. How do you rank rank uh, Prince Edward's Kennergy?
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I think. I don't remember this film too well, but I did see it. And actually, I think James Marsden does a really, really good performance. And I wonder if Ryan Gosling was kind of aware of this this film... And maybe, you know, looked at it as like, perhaps like a touching point for for his, his performance as Ken. But yeah, I, I think he's, he's really funny. And from my memory, I think James Marsden, as Prince Edward, has all the best lines. Yeah. All the lines that you, you'd laugh out loud at. I think, unlike Bowie actually, I'd say, as Enchanted goes on... Probably just gets a bit weaker and weaker, and and yeah, the, this idea of it being slightly subversive just, just feels like it goes away. But haven't seen it in a long time, so perhaps I'm wrong. But yeah, def as I said, definitely a good companion piece. You've met your match, foul beast. <laughs>
0: Are you crazy? Nobody stabs my bus. Uh. Don't you run away from me, crazy type-wear.
1: If you didn't like Barbie, then watch the Truman Show from 1998. Truman Burbank is unwittingly the most famous reality TV star on planet Earth. His life is captured 24 hours a day and broadcasts to millions of people from the biggest TV set ever created. He lives in Seahaven Island, a quiet, suburban and idyllic town with his wife Meryl, played by Laura Linney. Everyone that Truman knows in Seahaven, including Meryl, is an actor, and that has been the case ever since Truman was born. Approaching his 30th birthday, Truman grows more existential and yearns for escape. A dream, unbeknownst to him, he'll never be able to fulfill. However, due to a few cock-ups with the set, and a few actors breaking character, Truman begins to suspect his life isn't everything it seems. Can he discover the truth, and somehow break free from his manufactured reality? Coming to you now, from the largest studio ever constructed, it's the Truman
0: Show! Yeah! Good
1: morning!
0: Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> what if? No scripts, no cue cards.
1: Morning, Spencer. How's it going? What if you were watched every moment of your life? What if your world was make-believe? Cue the sun.
0: While the world he inhabits is counterfeit. I'm not allowed to talk to you. That's how I look. On your type. There's nothing fake about Truman himself.
1: <laughs> Released to commercial and critical acclaim, the film has aged like a fine wine, and Jim Carrey's Truman has arguably never produced a better performance. So why watch this gem if you didn't like Barbie? But they aren't a million miles apart, with the similarities in existentialism, feelings of self-doubt, and frustrations with the modern lives we lead. But The Truman Show has a sensitivity and profoundness to it, and with a lot less kitsch humour and musical numbers. As referenced, Barbie discusses and champions feminism at great length, which is a subject barren from all of this film. It's set during a period where the media industry was right on the precipice of the reality TV boom, so there is something very prophetic considering much of the script was written over the 1990s. Truman's yearning to escape the mundanity of society is also at odds with Barbie's desperation to maintain the status quo in Barbieland. So both characters are on a quest for different ideals. Admittedly, there is a lightness of touch to Peter Weir's direction, helped by the casting of Kerry, who is more famous for his comedic roles. But overall. The Truman Show feels like a slower, steadier, and more elegant movie to Barbie's anarchy and irreverence. Both are made by razor-sharp filmmaking teams, and hopefully, Barbie has the same timelessness that has kept the Truman Show relevant for all these years. Yeah, I still love the Truman Show. I I think it's a really interesting. If you didn't like this,
0: I, I'm I'm glad we didn't pick something that was gonna like jab back at like the feminist politics or anything like that. Because as we discussed the inter. Stop listening to those voices. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Voices in my head. I'm starting to sound like Truman. Um, Or Ben Shapiro. Or Ben Shapiro, yeah. (laughs) It's got a kind of kitschiness in the fact that Sea Haven is a kind of vision of a small American town, or a vision of a fantasy of of a small American town from the 1950s, or the middle of the 20th century. But... It is about one person trying to break free of the things that are, are chaining him to it. What, what, it, what it as well as interesting is a kind of comparison piece and everything else. It's not something political at all in in Trim Show. Even though, you know, Barbie isn't completely political either. It is philosophical as well. The, the Trim Show is all about that kind of existentialism. Everything from a kind of a, a paranoia or a kind of almost a philosophical exercise of how do we know that the world around us is real you know all the way up to just a kind of identity and in a kind of small idea of like yeah but who am i and why am i here and how can i get free of the things that
1: hold me back and and stuff and yeah and i guess the truman show is more about voyeurism as well right it is Yeah. whenever we cut to the real world it's in the tv studio with ed harris who plays the creator all like this kind of godlike figure yeah, that Christoph, controls, yeah. yeah Christoph that controls Truman and, and the world around him. Or we cut to the people watching the Truman show. And again, that's kind of very voyeuristic, Yeah, people watching someone else's life, and he's he's completely unaware of this. Uh, I probably don't think Barbie quite has that, really.
0: No, I mean, I suppose you have the humans that are playing with the Barbies. That's there as a concept. We don't see it that much, but in this it's all about the people that are watching it and fueling that. And it's famously prophetic about the way that people would be obsessed with a a quote-unquote real-life and how real that life is really as well. Because mm. obviously in the, in the Truman Show, the, the whole point of it, why everyone is obsessed with, with him, is because it's seeing someone real and getting to know a genuine person and falling in love with a, with a genuine person. But actually Truman's world is fabricated, and the Truman Show is fabricated in the same way that reality shows are famously not, really reality you know it's, yeah. it's, and, and it's even the, the reality shows that continue today are even are continuing that great tradition of being as as, as fake as anything how barbie will age is going to be an interesting one I, I think it probably will stand up in the next few years but it'll be interesting to see in a few decades what it's like but the truman show has really lasted the test of time you can still go back to that and see this very sweet but amazing journey that's also a wonderful satire of the media world that we're in. You know, the the thing that really links Barbie and the Truman Show, I think, is a kind of anti-capitalism or a kind of nod towards that. Yeah, I I think there's that. In, I think it's in both films, and I think we I don't we didn't really touch on it in Barbie. There's obviously there is a great big corporate machine that acting as like the puppet master. Yeah, acting as a kind of puppet master on the Barbies and the Kens and, and every and that world, and also kind of a responsibility of the corporate world that creates a, a patriarchy, right? But in the Truman Show, it's different. They say in the film that Truman is the first ever baby adopted by a corporation and there's something quite twisted in that and the fact that his whole world revolves around this TV show that's worth like millions and millions of dollars and is funded by consumerism. Like They say that everything on the Truman Show is for sale and you can buy it all and that's what funds the whole enterprise. The only reason that Truman can exist is because he's controlled by the money and by this big corporation. People that might feel a connection with Truman can also feel that maybe they're having their strings pulled in certain ways. And that can only be by our consumerist society, really. I, I think we can all kind of relate to Truman at certain points.
1: Yeah, and we can't really relate to Bobby or Ken. No, or, no. You know, <laughs> not most really. Of, most of us can't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's actually quite interesting how I think both were marketed as broader comedies than they actually are. Yeah. Um, and well, Carrie actually-
0: at the time was just a comedic actor. I mean, this was the, this was this really changed what he
1: could do and what he was seen as being capable of. And probably the highest point in his career. Well, what about Mr. Popper's penguins? <laughs> Come on. I think that was about ten years later and yeah. he said a lot about the work that he'd done after the Truman Show. But yeah, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a debatable one for if you didn't like this because even Greta Gerwig I think might have mentioned that the Truman Show was a piece of work that she watched in preparation for Barbie. But I don't know, when when I think of Barbie, I think in the future I think it'll... I'll be like, oh, that's going to make me laugh. And when I think of Truman Show, I think, oh, that's going to make me cry. It's, like, really emotional, especially when it gets to the end. You feel like you've really been on this journey with this character. But, I don't know, maybe other people would say that that Barbie makes them cry as well. Yeah. Well, one of of the people I went to Barbie with cried. Actually, two of the people I went to.
0: Actually, maybe I was the only one that didn't cry at the end of Barbie. I'm not sure. (laughs) I think a lot of people cried that I went with uh, to Barbie. That was the energy
1: in the room oh, yeah i really wasn't expecting you to say that I <laughs> really yeah, yeah uh that was not the film that i saw but um really yes. like there, there's
0: a kind of there, there is quite a moving montage at the end and that's what set
1: everyone in my group off and... luckily the final scene is a lot funnier so don't yeah <laughs> don't be too concerned don't bring too many tissues
0: in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night yeah Well, there we're back with Barbie. Oh, I thought of another I thought of another pun, but I don't know how to work it in. The experience I had with Barbie was uncanny. Oh yeah, yeah. how'd you like that? uncanny. I'm just waiting.
1: I'm, wait, I'm letting it linger. Letting it linger. <laughs>
0: how are your um? How are your Kennedy levels?
1: Yeah, I mean, after that, after that, pretty good. I don't even know what um, it
0: means. I, actually, I don't even know whether that. I was that sentence sounded good in my head, but I don't know what it means now. I'm thinking uh, about it, just, but pretty good. Yeah, I'll take, you've interpreted that as pretty good.
1: I think the Kennedy levels were the lowest when you started talking about Ben Shapiro and conservatives. And <laughs> yeah, depressing the fact to he remind hates you. all female directors probably yeah he
0: does really he's pretty dire well yeah maybe don't think about him and get your the, those kenergy levels up um I feel that once we get this podcast out my kenergy might be a little bit lower I might be I've 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 completely bought into the hype of Barbie I love the experience of going to see it I might be ready to say goodbye to it in a in a week or
1: two I don't think I need to see Pink around every every corner anymore yeah I agree so I guess we've reached the end.
0: yay hey! <laughs> thank you so much for listening to films are better than people be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now so you never miss an episode we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. And don't forget to come follow us on Twitter at Films Are Better and like us on Facebook.com forward slash Films Are Better.